What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. And um, we have my guide, Culture Shell, on Here the show today. And uh, so you guided for me this year in Nebraska. And um, I think we kicked ass. We had a pretty good year. It was good. Yeah. It was fun. A lot of deer. Mm-hmm. Cool place. Yeah. I loved it. Cool. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. It was good having you here. Um, it helped out on my sanity. You helped <laughs> You helped uh, curve my, what would you call it, curve my sanity? I think I put myself as a buffer between, yeah, yeah. you and everything else so some you could people. actually get some work done. Yeah, that was really nice. That was super nice. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that we would – I saw a thread on Rockslide recently <clears throat> that basically a guy asking two outfitters, what can I do to become a better client? And I thought that it would be super cool just to talk about – and I saw some of the replies on that thread. A lot of them were great. A couple of them were stupid. <laughs> so I think that we're just going to talk about that, air it all out. This is probably going to be kind of opinionated on my end, but dealt with a lot of people. You have too. Yeah. And so we have perspectives on things. <laughs> so I guess first of all, where, what was your guiding career like? So hasn't been a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. I've only been doing this for three going on four years now. So, um, I've guided in western Colorado, high country elk and a little deer, not much. Um, eastern Colorado, Texas, and here. So, um, yeah, I'd say the majority has been western Colorado. Mm-hmm. But and that's for like elk. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm, archery I, elk and. Yep, it's typically above timberline or right at timberline. Um, horseback, pack in, mm-hmm. wall tents, whole nine. So yeah, and then you guided in eastern Colorado a little bit mm-hmm. for big deer and antelope. Yeah, and then you came here. Yeah, this year, hell yeah. So we had we had archery hunters starting, then we rolled into rifle, and then we just got done with our last muzzleloader hunter. Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think of like where even to to begin on this. I think just with this thread. So this thread says, I just finished reading a couple great threads about outfitters, their job, the hard work they go through, and how they have to put up with a lot of things from clients. I too am in a business where I have clients, and that old saying is true with the addition of they may not be correct, but they're always right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm going on a couple of guided hunts next year and the year after that. I want to be a good client. What are some things <clears throat> that differentiate a good client from a bad client? And more to the point, how can I be a good client? It's a badass thread, honestly. And it was all it was all pretty positive. There was a couple of replies that, quite frankly, I could just tell that I, if I was talking on the phone with them and they told me that, <clears throat> I would say, you don't want to come here then. <laughs> I would not, not going to do that. So <clears throat> there was somebody, there was a, I assuming it was another outfitter that wrote like a pretty good, pretty good thing with it. He says, um, beyond what should be obvious preparations, being in shape, being proficient with your weapon, etc. And he went through a few things, but the being in shape part for here. Oh, and for a little context, we're in Northwest Nebraska. This isn't really too physical. It can be on, like, the quickness because mm-hmm. we're cutting in front of deer sometimes. Yeah, it's not, like, long stalks. It's, like, shit, we got to... Short, quick ones, but, like... Get in front of them. Yeah, you're, like, ambushing them, hauling ass to get in front of them, and that takes a little bit of physical preparedness. And to be quite honest with you, like, we mostly, for muzzleloader hunts... Just because most people with a muzzleloader, like 100 yards is kind of what their deal is. Or I tell people if they can, and if their muzzleloader is capable of it, be proficient to like 200. 
Yeah, and why not? Yeah, I mean, if you could, like... I mean, most of the muzzlers nowadays can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you can shoot to 200, like, that'll give you a lot of advantage. And a lot of that is just because it's so open. Like, it's pretty open country. These deer are... It's so it's fun because they're they're like open country whitetail, but you can't pattern them really. I mean, there's places that they like to go, and there's places that they like to cross and have crossed forever, mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid. They've crossed in some of the same spots, and they like to take the same trails. And I am pretty well onto that, but it's not like they're gonna take the same one five days in a row. Yeah, it's kind of sporadic. Like, I don't have a huge whitetail background at all by any means, but a little bit. And I was like, came out here and I was thinking, you know, same trail every other day or whatever. And no, it's like, you can do your, like, you can put them in the one of the five spots that they cross when they cross. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's so sporadic and... They will cross that spot mm-hmm. at some point, but you don't know if it's two weeks from now or yeah. when, but it's definitely not what I thought. Like, yeah. I mean, they're patternable, but not really. You yeah. Know? And they're kind of, it's really interesting with the setup we've got. It's almost like the, in a way, and kind of depending on the time of year, when it gets like, we've got wicked winds going on right now and there's a cold front pushing through like there's going to be new deer that are going to be showing up out there Mm kind of when it's cold especially when there's a lot of snow it really shuffles the deck and that's like that's fun yeah that's it's super it's super fun but especially when i mean our go-to is to sit in blinds because they might not like a certain buck might not be super patternable but those deer are consistent with yeah. like what they do in the mornings, what direction they're headed. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I sell the hunt. It's a blind hunt. Mm-hmm. And then really, if we get somebody that can do it, like we'll do a little bit of running gunning. Right. But, and uh, that's the, that's the kicker. Yeah. And like, can do it. like you said, shuffling the deck with the wind, like the cold, um, Travis's deer until last week. We had never seen that deer before. Yep. So. Yep, exactly. And then there was one deer that had super tall brow tines that we've been seeing. I would say kind of consistent. Yeah. Seen him a few times and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, he's probably not gone. But, but we're not seeing him. He's not He's not running around like he was right. a while back. Um, But yeah, so the being in shape part for us isn't like as critical of a deal, but it definitely ain't going to hurt you if you can kind of run and gun with us. Um, But the biggest thing is being proficient with your weapon, Um, as this guy (laughs) says in here. Being able to shoot, shoot consistently and good. I mean, showing up here and... Not hitting the target. Not Yeah, not having shot your rifle at all or your muzzleloader. We ran across that this year, maybe. Multiple times. Yeah. And not just four inches, four feet. Yeah. And that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's like. It's so frustrating. Um, <clears throat> and this is like stuff that happens all the time, every year. Mm-hmm. And some of it, I'm a little, I don't get lax on it. I just, I think I just kind of take it for granted that most people go out and shoot the hell out of their gun before they get here mm-hmm. and they like and things happen like scopes get bumped i get that but yeah we had some we had some deals this year so that's really frustrating so like being able to shoot your rifle or your muzzleloader or your bow and shoot it well is like huge 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 cuz like you know in a 5 day stretch i'm pretty damn confident that we're going to get you an opportunity and that's another thing i want to touch on too is like we from my perspective anyways what you're buying when you're like purchasing a hunt from us like you're not buying the deer like that's not that's not what the deal is and i really think like some of the we had a couple of guys with uh i don't want to say added not really attitudes but kind of the attitude that like legitimately Mm 
the first evening, they're like, yeah, we're not going to shoot a deer here. Mm -hmm. We're just going to, you know, whatever, be like super hell bent on shooting a mule deer. Yeah. And then, you know, just talk it up, talk it up, talk it up. They get here. They're so excited to see, you know, they're going to shoot a big mule deer and they're, but they're going to, they know it's going to be tough, but they're going to wait it out, whatever. And then the afternoon of the first day, it's like, well, I guess I'll shoot a, a whitetail or, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to shoot a deer. Or when <laughs> you have, like, we filled the first afternoon and it was just like, I can't believe that happened. We, I can't believe a deer got shot there. Like, I can't well, believe he came out there and... Yeah. Why, you're buying us scouting and the preparation and the know-how and yeah, yeah. you're not, we're not just so, picking a random blade of grass and yeah so that that's what i was kind of trying to get to i maybe got sidetracked a little bit <laughs> but, but uh yeah when you're when you're buying a hunt from us it's like you know the equipment is not cheap and i really try to have good blinds and good equipment which is hard to find now sometimes like blinds and stuff nowadays like they get freaking ripped to shreds in the winds, but like we try our best to have good blinds, good equipment. Um, but yeah, you're really, you know, it's private access. So there you're, you're basically getting an opportunity to hunt something that is like controlled. Like mm -hmm. we know what's been on it before. So then therefore like, you know that, okay, there's been, there's been four hunters here so far. Um, so, you know, it's not getting completely overrun. You're not seeing other hunters, you know, right next to you trying to chase the same deer to try to shoot them out from under you or something like that. And then, yeah, the preparation, like, the lodging's included. Like, you know, we keep a nice place to lodge. Yeah. That's included. That costs money. I mean, when you look at, like, what it costs just to go on a on a hunt, like, if you were going to do stay in a hotel, I mm -hmm. mean, you're looking at at least 100 bucks a night. Yeah. So there... Gosh, with like taxes and all that stuff, six nights. I mean, mm -hmm. you're knocking on seven hundred. Yeah. I mean, depending on where you're at, eight hundred bucks. And then we include like we're not using your vehicle, mm -hmm. so you can just kind of get here and park. We're including meals, so and like we're the ones that are cooking the meals. And what we've been doing too is like we will like Leah helped cook a bunch of meals and then we froze them stuff like enchiladas and things like that so I, it's not like a chef is serving you stuff but it's good food i think yeah it's i mean mm -hmm. it's not steaks every night but it's steaks one night yeah a week. we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh lord um yeah we usually do like a steak night and we i don't know we try to mix it up and it's good um but yeah what you're basically purchasing is like the preparation um, and then of course, like there is the ass, there's the aspect of the deer portion of it, but I've just been really adamant on, we're not selling you a deer. Like our, our goal is to get you an opportunity at a deer that you would shoot within range. Things happen with that where a deer walks behind a tree and you can't shoot it or whatever. But like our goal is to get you an opportunity at a deer that you would shoot in range and and all that. Um, but there's so many things that are out of our control. And that's something that I have trouble with personally. I take it pretty personal when the deer are freaking not doing mm -hmm. what they have been doing for a few years or the weather gets tough and it gets tough to hunt them. Like, I take that really personally when they're, mm -hmm. they're not doing that. But especially when you're you're booking a hunt a year in advance. You're picking a set of dates a year or so in advance. I try my damnedest to be like pretty conservative on, I kind of try to undersell it. Um, Cause I always think that's a, that's a good idea for like anything. Undersell, over deliver. Undersell, over deliver, yeah. So we're picking a set of dates and like I know what the deer have previously done with those set of dates. And so that's like what we're planning for, but God dang things happen. You know, mm -hmm. this year, like all through October was freaking. it was hot 
and dry and it was just I don't know it was just tough this year but I, it was tough all over this yeah, year from crops are still up but. what I've heard um, from people too so I guess that that's what we're I told uh, when Steve was here we were we were talking about it and he's like does it uh, does it make you nervous like does you know are, do you have a lot of pressure like do you feel a lot of pressure right now with us here and I was like yes but it's more so on the freaking deer side I'm just like man um, but I told him we're selling the experience, not a deer, mm-hmm. which, um, somebody mentioned that in a thread too, and got a little bit of blowback from a couple of guys. Cause they're like, well, I'm not freaking paying that much money to go just for the experience. And that is kind of just to like, that's kind of for each hunter to decide. And like, if you're after a number, like, if you want that thing guaranteed, it's probably going to cost you or you're go to a high fence. Go to a high fence, honestly. Yeah. yeah like uh, Yeah. I don't know. We did pretty good this year, I don't know. Our archery was we had a wound, we had a What did we do? We had a wound, we had a kill. We had um you stalked a guy into 9 yards of a buck and when the buck stood up, he was behind some stuff and the guy couldn't shoot yeah it was a wind swirled it was like we're in a little bowl and couldn't really see the deer didn't know exactly where he was mm-hmm. hindsight's twenty twenty, but i mean the wind swirled and stopped at 35 and he just had a couple branches in his way that he just couldn't get through so mm-hmm. which is a bummer yeah all right everybody just jumping in real quick to give you a last second gift idea for people black rifle coffee is a really good gift to give especially for like a stocking stuffer my favorite has been the gunship and the silencer smooth the last little bit what's your favorite leah the freedom roast or the one with the bear riding the shark we don't know what it's called (laughs) but it's something like that um but anyways yeah that visit blackriflecoffee.com and another really good one to give would be an onyx maps membership and you can get 20% off by entering code rockcast checkout so go check those out stuff yeah that happens so i don't know if i'm explaining maybe if i'm explaining it perfectly but i mean i've i've been pretty adamant about when i talk to people on the phone if they're looking for like a specific number like trying to set very realistic expectations and i think that that goes both ways with the, you know, with a client or a hunter and the outfitter, <clears throat> like when we're talking on the phone, I want like super realistic, realistic expectations from like what, and what kind of a hunt they want. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, if, gosh, if, um, you know, if they get here and I've, I've always sold them as blind hunts, but then if they're mad that we're just sitting in a blind all the time instead of running and gunning, like, the blind is probably what I think is the best option mm-hmm. for what we're for what we're doing. So there's a certain aspect there too of like you gotta kind of trust your guide, like trust the outfitter where you're going. And I get that there's there's some outfitters that aren't good mm-hmm. with that. Um, I've been a part of one of those. I've guided for a guy that was very over. He would like very much oversell things and then he wouldn't be here. So he didn't care. Like he kind of got his money and he would, I would start guiding. And one example I've talked about on a couple of, I think a couple of different podcasts. I don't know if I've ever talked about it here, but we have, you know, I would get the guy. We would, we went out for a few days, saw some mule deer that I was like, that's a really good representation of a mule deer here. And, you know couple days into it he goes well where where are all the big deer i'm like man i mean we saw 160 inch buck like that's about what you're what you can expect here and he's like well i bought a hunt for a 180 plus Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh shit that puts you in the worst position as a guide like awful and it's so yeah it's so stressful when people don't get 
when people don't think they got what they came for, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so, yeah. If there's any new outfitters or new guides trying to sell hunts, like, under promise, over deliver. Be mm-hmm. super truthful. And that definitely goes the other way. I think it def- it is really a two-way deal for clients and outfitters, clients and guides. Is like, you're kind of working together for a goal. So if you're on the phone with me and you're like, I want a muzzleloader hunt. I want to shoot, you know, a respectable whitetail. Everybody always asks, like, score-wise. I think shooting a 130-inch deer here is, like, in five days is a super, super realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what Travis's deer was that he just shot, but he was over that Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Clay was here, shot, like, a 130-inch deer. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a super realistic expectation, but... If that's what you say you want, but you want to do run and gun, you don't want to sit in a blind, I might be like, honestly, the best way to do that is to, it might be to sit in a blind for the first few days. And like, if Mm -hmm. we can, if there's a good opportunity to do a spot and stock type of a deal or like in, you know, the running and gunning, then we'll do it. But, you know, you should also expect to be sitting in the blind a little bit because like, Honestly, that is one of the best ways to do it here. Yeah. And if he's like, no, I just want to, I want to run and gun. I want to spot and stock. I might be like, well, we might not be the place for you then. Right. Like, I think that there's a definitely a two-way deal where it's like, if I'm talking to a guy and he has expectations, it's just more than I think we can like really, I don't want to say guarantee, but what I think we can really do in five days <clears throat> I've waved people off before and been like, meh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this is exactly what you're looking right. for. Well, and then if you have other hunters in camp, it's, and we're sitting there running and gunning, like, we might mess those guys up, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in a blind and you might have a better opportunity to get multiple di- guys deer just sitting in blinds. and. Mm-hmm. Oh. But one of the things this guy said, and I'll be on the regular things, like basically what we just said, do enough research to have realistic expectations of the outfitter, the area, and the hunt itself. So many guys show up to a hunt not really understanding what the hunt will be like, what size of animals are realistic for the hunt, or how difficult the hunt would be. I thought that was that was pretty good. And then allow yourself to enjoy this experience. Don't allow yourself to stress over filling the tag, which is huge i mean that's basically what one thing i always tell people i've said this a lot on the podcast like your last day of the hunt is somebody else's first day so you should hunt it like that Mm -hmm. like if you know for some reason instead of the 7th through 11th and the 11th being your last day if we had you come in on the you know the 10th and start hunting the 11th you could have shot a deer on the 11th and that would have been your first day. Right. And otherwise you're going to shoot a deer on the 11th, but it's going to be your last day. Like you should just hunt it, hunt every day like that right. because we do that. Like we don't really. Yeah. It's yeah, like, we it's hunt just it constant. Same. It's mm-hmm. we're every day and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope you'd agree with this, but like that's kind of part of the guide or outfitters job too, is just to keep that positive attitude and, like okay it's not working here let's go try this other blind Mm -hmm. you know like it i mean they should be crossing here like it's you got to keep that like okay let's go here then or let's do this let's do that Mm -hmm. like you can't just sit there and man the deer really aren't moving a whole lot like that just kind of puts a damper on things oh man yeah i mean we had a guy this year probably multiples honestly that they sat in a blind for like one day and then told us we needed to move the blind because they saw deer come out in this other little place. Like, yeah, they'll come out in this other place, but we had the choice between these two places to set a blind, and we think that this one Mm -hmm. is going to be the better. And then the next morning there'll be a buck that walks right in front of that stand, and you're done, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's pretty good. Um understand that over half of the people that guides take out in the field are not enjoyable to be with. I don't know if that's, that's, I don't know about over half. Mm. 
Yeah, I'd say like 80% are good. And honestly, the what we come across anyways is the only times when they're really not enjoyable to be around is when they're trying to guide the guide. Mm-hmm. Trying to have us move blinds or like move things or like basically questioning like everything that we do. Yeah. That's frustrating as hell. Um, yep. And then the fourth thing this guy said is, if you're unhappy with something, don't keep it to yourself. Communication's key. And I mean, that kind of contradicts the whole moving the blind thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we were just going to set, if I would understand more if we set you in a blind for like three days and the deer were consistently doing the same thing and we weren't moving it, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're usually pretty quick to make that yeah. adjustment though. Right. Um, yeah, and then it says, uh, maybe your bed stinks and you don't like the cooking. Whatever. Let your guide know in a respectful way and give them a chance to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they will. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> I I don't know, just me as a person, like, I automatically take that, like, a little bit personally because, like, I'm like, dang it, I'm not doing my job mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but I do too. It, it needs to be done. Like, if, yeah, if they have a complaint, then, like, at least me and you will get right on it, you know, I mm-hmm. think. And it's not, yeah. it's not rude, I don't think, of the client to ask that. Like, No, if yeah. something, we had, uh, so last year, there was a guy, it was actually during this last turkey season. Um, it was, like, their first night in the house. And I asked them, like, hey, what is everything okay in the house? Like, do we need to get anything more? Do we need to whatever? And the guy's like, my pillow's pretty flat. Can you just bring me another pillow? Like that was pretty, you know, that was pretty minor. And I ended up buying all new nice pillows for the whole house this year. So here's like, here's the, here's the post. And I, I mean, I don't know the guy that wrote this, but like, I can just tell you that if, if we were on the phone and he said this to me, I would say, this is probably not the place. This is probably not the place for you to come because just whatever. Mm-hmm. But he basically said, I want to tip well. He said, yeah, to all those outfitters and guides out there. I want to tip well, but I expect good booze. <laughs> A big <laughs> ass 20 ounce. Oh, and big ass 20-ounce steaks for dinner. First thing, I'm not going to freaking buy you alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, we do not include that in anything. Like, we're super stringent on that. My insurance company is very stringent up on that. Like, they do not appreciate that. So, I'm not buying you alcohol. Like, we don't buy guys alcohol. If they want to bring it for themselves for the evenings, they can do that. But I'm not buying you drinks. And then the steaks for dinner. He does say at least one night, please, um, which we do. Mm-hmm. We do New York strips one night. Um, he said, my last guided hunt, the cook served spaghetti twice in five nights. That is a little outrageous, I think. Yeah. Um, he said, and no steaks. He said, I'm a meat eater, but not famous on TV. And he said, so feed me some meat. Spaghetti is bullshit. He said, I still reluctantly tipped the cook with advice for if I ever came back. I kind of get what he's saying there. Maybe mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I think we do a pretty good job of that. Um, but just kind of that overall attitude of, all right, if I'm going to do that. And then um, the same guy commented on the, I put a thread out that was like a guide like, hey, is there any questions you want for guides and outfitters? He commented on it, and he said, basically, once he wants the guide to basically point you to, you know, find the spot, is what he said. But once the stock starts, he makes all the calls, and the guy doesn't make any calls. Um, He said he's hunted with most guides that he's hunted with. I think he said... I don't know if he said all of them, but most of the guys he's hunted with, he knows more than them, a lot more than them. And, 
More yeah, elk he too. doesn't want that. So, I mean, honestly, just kind of that overall attitude, I would just be like, eh, I don't think this is the place. Yeah. I don't think maybe this is the, the place for right. you. Because going in on a stock, like, we've been watching these deer for a long time. Like, we kind of know where they like to head. We know some of these things, like, just let us do our job. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, a guided hunt may not be for this guy, you know? Right. Maybe, like, a drop camp type deal or something, but, I mean, shit. Maybe our spaghetti's really good. You know? It is good. Yeah. Like, I made it like, with my Could be fingers. Italian. We're not, but <laughs> we could be. Yeah. Um, I think that this is... Um, he does make a good point here. If I ask questions during the stock, give me give me advice, not orders. I do I do agree with that. I usually try to like if we're going in on something or like if we're gonna set people for the next day, I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm thinking that we're gonna set you over here. Or I'm thinking this is what we're gonna do the next day. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they've been like, oh, I kind of just want to go sit in a blind, right? Or I want to go sit, you know, I kind of want to go sit over here, or yeah, I would like to try to do some running gunning or right. something like that. So I try to mix it up. I mean, I get it. Uh, it is their hunt. Mm-hmm. Like they paid good money for it and mm-hmm. they, you know, but at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, we kind of know what we're doing and I'm sure you do too, but like, let's make it a group effort, not, you know, maybe I yeah. should just sit here and be quiet because I'm, afraid this guy's gonna get mad at me type mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah probably wouldn't be my favorite client either yeah so here's a good example of it i was down filming a hunt um in more of like a not a southern state we were in new mexico mm-hmm. and the guide that we were with for the first couple of days i for actually the first three days i thought we were getting gar hold like we were just driving around glassing but we really hadn't seen any bucks I, to be honest with you i was thinking that in the back of my mind i was like oh man i think we're getting screwed here yeah and he found bucks yeah. like a good buck and the guy shot like a mid 160s deer um you know and that kind of put me maybe back in my place a little bit because i was like yeah like you got to trust the guy because they know what's going on and where right. the deer like to be and and all that stuff so I guess that's just something to think in mind or to to keep in mind. Um, and the one thing, like, I would probably take a little bit to heart about that is the, I don't think you've said it yet, but the comment about 28 years of hunting and he's killed more elk than most of his guides, which yeah. most of your guides aren't even 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're passionate about this and they're doing it for a living and they're yeah out there and i think a a really good point on that too is like they maybe haven't pulled the trigger on as many elk as you but they might have been as they might have been along for mm-hmm. more you know i filmed hunts for a long time and the only thing i did different was shoot it with a camera instead of a gun yeah i mean to be honest like they're still doing everything, you know, they're going every step of the way, like trying to get their clients in a good position and trying to get them on good, good animals. And I think for, this is probably isn't whole, but for the most part, like your guide wants to find a big deer just as bad as, as you or do. Worse, yeah. yeah. They're trying to find you the, the biggest one, at least the, the guys that I've been around, like yeah. they work their ass off to, they want you to shoot a big deer, you know, they don't mm-hmm. want to just have you shoot a tiny deer and then, you know, get the hell out of here type of a right. deal, I don't think. Oh, there's a lot on that to unpack, but yeah. we'll think we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest deal is, like, communication before you go, like, honest communication, too. Like, be honest about your expectations. Um, be honest about, like, your physical abilities be honest about your shooting capabilities um, and what you've done in the past. Like, if you just wanted a 150 plus, I would be like, it is definitely possible here, and like we'll work our ass off for it. But be prepared to like go home, go without home one. without one, and wait. Yeah. F- you gotta wait for it. Be prepared to go home without one. Right, and then you shoot it, and it's like, 
a 130 and you wanted to shoot it anyway and then you're upset at, that it's small like mm-hmm. you can't set your standards at 150 and then you shoot a 130 and you're mad at us about it because mm-hmm. you're excited yeah. yeah it's yeah it's interesting all right then we had a few others from instagram i just threw a thing up this one says this is from travis the guy that hunted with us is it true that cole trichelle is physically the strongest guy on earth you pulled his deer out of the bottom or yeah. across the i wasn't there I for think that i carried it but mm-hmm. yeah we pulled it for a little bit and it sucked yeah. So I carried it, and it sucked even worse. Mm-hmm. I bet. Um, <laughs> so that's not for me to decide. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here's like a pretty legit question. What do you expect for a tip that stresses me out on guided hunts? And tips or something. I saw a lot of talk about tips on the threads and whatnot. I mean, you're... I would say your standard's 10%. That's kind of what yeah, I've always I don't know used. why society can't just agree on 10%. <laughs> like, it's just not that hard. Yeah. I don't know. But then you think about, like, a stone sheep hunt that's, like, $250,000 or something crazy. And, like, what do you tip on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think tips are, like, <clears throat> you know, some of what I've heard from people just asking about tips is some guys are pretty adamant on um, if the outfitter is your guide, you don't tip them because you've already paid them. Um, And then I've also heard the argument a lot that guides basically live on their tips, so you need to tip them good. Um, I kind of, I sort of have mixed feelings on it. Like, um, I get that they're paying a lot, and so, you know, that's just another added expense that's not, like, included. So I don't know if you do something to, like, <clears throat> you know, I could take our hunts and increase them by 10% and just say no. gratuities are included. Um, <clears throat> and then I guess I would just tip you off of that. Yeah. Yeah, the tips are kind of, there's a lot of arguments out there about tips. Um, a lot of people don't really maybe agree with tips or whatnot. I will say that it might influence whether <clears throat> the guide or outfitter will like want you to come back type of a deal. Um, so yeah, I, I'm staying pretty neutral on it cause I, I kind of understand both sides of it. I really do. Um, I try to see both sides of it. We've had a couple of guys here, you know, I, one year I guided this, I guided a guy, they came out for like, this is when I was working for the other outfitter, but they, they, their business like paid for four of their employees to come out. It's like a thank you type of a deal. And that guy's hunt went five days. I think he missed a deer in the middle. And I honestly think I worked really freaking hard and he ended up shooting a 160 inch deer and he tipped me like 50 bucks. And I mean, that does like, it kind of hits you a little bit mm-hmm. when, you know, it's almost like if it's, if that's all you can do, like if that's, if you're in a position that that's all you can do, I, I understand it, but it's almost like don't, it's Go on almost high. better to not tip anything. Then. Right. Yeah. That does kind of like slap that. in the face I, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. That's like a huge controversial <laughs> deal. It does get, it can get pretty heated. Yeah. People talking about, yeah, tips really? and stuff. Um. I would just say standard is 10%. Yeah. Like, if you think your guide worked their ass off, like, I think you should give them, a, you know, give them a tip. Like, mm-hmm. thanks for your help. Um, and yeah. so that's pretty much, I guess, all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, um, shouldn't, shouldn't be that. <laughs> I mean, I think it should be, like, part of your budget for the hunt. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to go... Like, if you're planning this hunt, like, just have that in there with your budget, like, if you're going to pay whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's, like, a deal that you go on that maybe your guide, like, straight up sucks and didn't do, maybe didn't do anything. Or maybe you didn't, like, maybe they were supposed to, like, skin and quarter and help you, like, process your deer and they were just, like there it is, have at it, and they just sat in here and freaking yeah. drank Coors Lights. 
while you did that, like, yeah, that's not good, but that's just not a good. If I had a guy that did that, I would freaking. Yeah, you wouldn't have. I would a guy say see you later. But, um. Uh, some of these are like some of these are getting funny because people like to hear. <laughs> people like to hear the horror stories. Um, but this one says, this is kind of a general question, but what's the best way for a white-tailed deer hunter from Maryland to be able to go after a bigger animal out west like elk and mule deer? Um, and then he says, public guided? That's a question. He says, after looking to it, into it, there's a ton involved. And I think that maybe that's, if you're, you know, if you want to do like a mule deer and elk and you're just getting into it, like going on a guided trip is not. Yeah. that bad it's not a bad option because it it'll kind of help you get a hang of things mm -hmm. um you know barring like you have a good guide like you'll learn a lot on stocks how to approach them um yeah things like that and then just like we said before like a lot of your stuff is included like for us anyways when you show up you don't really you park your pickup here and then we do everything else. Like right. if there's something, except alcohol, if there's something that you're <laughs> requesting, like we'll run into town and get it. Right. Um, so I think that's something to to keep in mind too, is that that could be a good way to do yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, how often do clients miss? Often. Pretty Which often. everyone misses often. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I definitely don't think I... I try not to, like, hold that ever against... Because no. I miss. Because Everybody yeah. misses. Mm -hmm. And, like... Yeah, that goes back to, like, the gun being sighted in thing. Like, when we were... When I was guiding, like, in the wilderness, like, we didn't shoot guns. Like, we didn't check rifles or whatever when we got... Or muzzleloaders when we got to camp because you're, like in the elk basically so you can't just be like shooting off guns so it kind of makes me think back to how many of those guns were not even on and then yeah the guy just missed or whatever mm -hmm. or wounded something and it was yeah it just showed up that way but like i don't know it just happens but mm -hmm. i'd say yeah try to be proficient with your gun and um, yeah we had did we have... We only had two misses this year, right? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, we had a miss yesterday, which we made up for. Yeah, and we, we had on another one in muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of another one. Yeah, but we don't take that many people either. Right. Um. All right, the next one. Gosh, what's the most embarrassing embarrassing thing a client has done out on a guided hunt? Closing the gate behind them, like closing their cell phone the wrong side. Of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that <laughs> that, it's so funny to sit there in your rear view mirror and look back, and they're on the other side, and then they realize, and it's and then they <laughs> undo it, which everybody does that, but yeah, that's and that's usually like a pretty funny thing. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's funny, and they get the hang of it the first mm -hmm. first couple times. <laughs> um, Cole thought that he had a dead person mm -hmm. in a blind the other yeah. day. Yeah, so we... He was a little bit slow to get out of the blinds, and when I mean that, I mean probably 15 minutes every time I went to pick him up, it took Just him to, like to get out, stuff gather stuff, and get, and get out. out. Yeah. So like, drove past him, went and picked up the other guy, came back which probably took five ten minutes and he still wasn't moving or up and about so i went up there and i'm like oh i hope he's okay and I like went up to the this is like a trailer blind so it's like on wheels and it like when you climb up it it kind of moves a little bit and he didn't wake up <laughs> and so i hit the glass nothing and i like really slapped the door mm -hmm and nothing and i opened the door and shook his leg and he finally woke up and i thought he was dead and i was freaking out and i was just like okay like here it is here it is and but yeah and then he woke up 
And then that kind of explained why he didn't shoot that buck that was in front of him that morning. Yeah. But <laughs> so I was I was traveling across the country, and I get a picture of where we can go sit up here in glass. We can pretty much see all the blinds and see how the deer are moving. So that gives us like a big leg up of you know mm-hmm. where to where some deer have been, where they're probably going to come out at, and then we can move people to there. So like we've got that's another really nice thing about it being so open is we can kind of keep keep track of that and i get this picture of the blind and a deer behind it and cole says it's a nice buck i don't know why he's not shooting and he was probably sleeping yeah or just staring the complete wrong direction well yeah so that's the other thing we uh we usually, ex- I mean, we always explain, like, which direction you should expect the deer to come from type of a deal. And I, honestly, I just don't think he believed us. I don't think he believed that the deer were going to be coming from that direction, and so he wasn't faced in that direction. Yeah. And uh, I think he missed some stuff, which yeah. is unfortunate. Oh, yeah. But. It's okay. Good. We got it done, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And uh, so that's one thing that happens. Gosh, as far as other, like... What was the question? Embarrassing stories that clients yeah, have done? embarrassing things clients have done out on a guided hunt. Gosh, I can think of a few, but not yeah, anything, like, really, really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. Yeah, it, uh... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think the meat of this podcast that we just wanted to get out was, like... Um, be transparent mm-hmm. and I think do your research on an outfitter too you know like I think it's smart to ask for references mm-hmm. and talk to people and see what people think um, and I think too don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask questions yeah if like if you have legitimate questions like I don't don't be afraid to ask yeah. that's for sure and just try to have everything laid out i really try hard to have like good literature that i send people of like what to expect um and then i always try to answer questions about gear and and all that um but the meat of it is like show up with realistic expectations like trust your outfitter trust your guide trust what they know and have have a good attitude i guess that's one thing that uh I did see a comment in one of the threads that was like, have a good attitude going into it. Somebody mm-hmm. was saying like, you should have a good attitude going into it and realize that it's make it, make it a fun experience. Don't like sabotage yourself. Right. And a guy commented on it and said, if I'm paying that much money, I can have whatever attitude I like. Yeah. And that's a little bit. It's just not the right attitude to no, have going through life right in general. But yeah. Um, I I get it though like mm-hmm. there's so oh, many sure. yeah and there's so many like scammy outfitters and just like mm-hmm. like I totally get it like mm-hmm. and then I don't know I'm not an outfitter or I don't sell hunts or whatever but yeah if like a lot of those questions are valid I think mm-hmm. yeah like ask them yeah ask them for sure what would you tell a guide or like an aspiring guide getting into it I would say you should pick another career no i'm just kidding Mm -hmm. um i'd say like really it's that's with any line of work you have to i mean you can send a resume in and hope to get accepted for the job or whatever but really try to like work that angle find that connection to get in there and then once you're in there just like really just work hard work hard every day um be ready to learn um if you don't have a plan you need to have a plan like every single day if you don't have a plan then that's when they start to clients start to question you and then like every time you have something to say then they're going to put their two cents in which is fine but if you can always be like okay, this spot didn't work out, let's go here, let's go here, let's go there. That's huge. Like, that's one thing Mm -hmm. the first outfitter I worked for told me, and it's, like, it's huge, I think. And that and then just 
Yeah, I mean, work hard, mm-hmm. do your best. It's just like any other line of work. Um, but yeah, just kind of always be learning, always. Yeah. yeah, and don't be, don't be above anything. Yeah. Like we are. I mean, we're like, as soon as somebody leaves, like we're cleaning the house and getting ready to go on the next one, and we're all a part of that. Mm-hmm. We're like sweeping and mopping floors and like cleaning the refrigerator out and like getting things ready to go for the next one. And like, just because you're a guide and you think that your job description is to take somebody out and get them on a deer and then you're done after that, like, don't have that attitude. Yeah. Like you're kind of a part of the whole, you're mm -hmm. part of the whole thing. And if you've never guided before, and even if you've guided before, don't expect to go somewhere and get clients right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Like, expect to be an apprentice expect to be a packer mm-hmm. expect to ride with some more experienced guides and you know kind of have to do that grunt work and that's just kind of the way the mm-hmm. the way it is i think and i mean that's how everybody has to do it pretty much i mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah work from the work from the ground up there's a lot of i mean honestly a lot of a lot of guiding is I mean, it's customer service. It is. It's like figuring out the logistics and always having a next step yeah. and always having a plan of where to put people where you think is the best and, and um, yeah, keeping people's spirits high and just like... Social staying. cues. Wait, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I think that's huge. Um, I guess. I don't really... Is there anything else you want to add to this? Yeah, if anybody's looking for a waterfowl guy. Oh yeah, Culture Shell's on the, he's on the prowl. I'm seriously here to help people like be able to come out and have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And that's the more groundwork I can lay down in the like summertime running cameras or like having good stands or having making things like enjoyable and comfortable and whatnot. Like that's the things that we can control. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things we can't control, um, like the weather and a bunch of fields still being up and deer not moving out as they usually do or whatever. Maybe it's an atypical year. It just, yeah. We're Having just here that to good camp and that good environment yeah, really helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. And then, you know, the deer will come. Yeah, and it's hunting. Yeah. you got to understand it's hunting mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what. It's definitely, it's hunting, it's free range, low fence, like, yeah, we're doing the best that we can, I guess, so, that's all I got. Yeah, thanks, Jordan, it's been awesome, awesome year, so. For sure, we will, uh, yeah, hopefully we can have you out next year. Yep.